0: Perhaps what we'll call the main feature of Feishas Vayechi is the brachas that Yaakov gives to his sons. Now if we understand the idea of a bracha as being just a wish for success or a prayer for good luck, so then one can give any bracha to anybody. If we see that Yaakov, so to speak, hand-picked exactly which bracha to give each of his sons, it perfectly to the address it was intended for, then we understand the idea of giving brachos in the Torah wasn't just, so to speak, like I said, a wish for success, whatever the person would require. We understand there was something much more deep in the brachos of Yaakov. In fact, this goes back, and we can prove this from the generation earlier. When Yaakov himself was the recipient of the bracha of his father Yitzchak. Yitzchak hadn't intended to give that bracha to Yaakov. He had intended to give it to Esau. And when Esau later arrives and finds that he has been deprived of the bracha that was intended for him, he begins to cry. He turns to his father Yitzchak. He says, (laughs) He says, Give me also a bracha. And Yitzchok doesn't just respond and make up a bracha on the spot for Esau. He tells him, I don't have a bracha for you. I already gave the bracha to Yankov. And once again, if a bracha is just one's ability to formulate his good wishes in the form of a prayer, so why couldn't Yitzchok also invent or create a bracha appropriate for Esau? as in the end he did do. And therefore I understand the way we look at the Brachas wasn't just a bracha. Rather this was Yakov's spiritual legacy. And similar to a portion who would a person who would apportion his estate and divide his assets between his heirs here also, Yaakov's spiritual estate were the brachas that he himself had received and the brachas that Jacob received he was now able to bestow on his sons. And therefore, Jacob chose which of his sons was worthy of receiving part of the brachas that Jacob himself had, had accepted from his father from Yitzchak. Now this might be difficult to follow just by listening Balpeh. But at least let's understand how this works. Let's look and see what were the brachas that Yaakov himself was makabel, And let's see how Yaakov in turn transfers these brachas to his sons. So if we look at the very beginning to see the brachas that Yaakov himself received, we see there four times in the Torah that Yaakov is blessed. Yaakov is given a brach. The first one, uh, the brachas which Yitzchak had intended to give Esau and instead gave to Yaakov. And what brothers those brachas? Let's look at them. l'ekim You'll be given the Jew of the heavens. The fat of the land. An abundance of grain and of wine. That's the first passage. Three brachas. The Jew of the heavens, the fat of the earth, an abundance of grain and wine. The second passage. Nations will serve you. So to speak, uh, countries will bow down to you. You <speaking in Hebrew> should be the oldest of your brothers. <speaking in Hebrew> the sons of your mother will bow down to you. <speaking in Hebrew> those who curse you will be cursed, and those who bless you will be blessed. So those were the first, so to speak, brachas that Yaakov Ye- receives from Yitzchak. Later on, the second time that Yaakov receives a bracha from Yitzchok was before he left to go to Haran, to go to Laban's house. Yitzchok calls him in and blesses him a second time. And the second bracha was, V'kel shaka yevarecho Yitzchok, v'yafracha v'yarbecho, Hashem should bless you, make you numerous, increase you. V'yisoh amim. You will be a kahal of people, a kahal of nations. He will give you the blessings of Avraham for you and your children after you. That's the second bracha. The third time Yaakov receives the bracha, we see when he does run away and he's afraid of the encounter of Laban. and in the dream Yaakov has, Hashem comes and blesses him and he says to him, your children will be like the sand of the the earth, the dust of this earth, you will spread out in every direction without limit. And all the nations of the world will be blessed through you. And the last time Yaakov is blessed is after he returns from Ravon and he comes back to exactly the same place. He returns to Beissel, the place he received the first bracha, and here, when he brings the korban, Hashem appears to him again and blesses him a second time. And the, the, this brachat Yaakov receives was very similar to the baruch, the second brachat Yisrael gave him. Pray, uruve, be fruitful, be numerous, Goy o yu a nation and a community of nations will come from you, those are exactly the same what Yisrael told him. And now one point is added. Kings will emerge from you. So so to speak, Yaakov was laden with the many brachas that he had received. And now before he dies, Yaakov wants to apportion his spiritual estate. And let's look out of the brachas that Yaakov got himself, how he chooses which of his sons to give each one to. Now, some of the brachas are more straightforward. Yaakov even uses the same words as he was blessed himself. Some we have to understand better, primarily through Rashi, what Yaakov was saying, and then we'll understand which brach he was referring to. So perhaps the most obvious one is the brach that he gives Yosef. As we know, Yosef was Yaakov's favorite son. And Yaakov says clearly to Yosef which brach he's going to give him. He gives him two. The first one what he tells Yosef is, The bracha which was given to your father, which was more than the bracha that he got from his fathers, which should be to the end Yosef. That should be, so to speak, hal that should take effect on the head of Yosef. Now, which was the bracha that Yaakov received more than his fathers? So that obviously wasn't the bracha that he got from Yitzchak. What Yitzchak gave him was the bracha that Yitzchak himself had to give, which he received from Abraham. in turn. And therefore, we're referring to the bracha. We're referring to the bracha that was given to Yaakov directly from Hashem, which was in addition to the brachas he received from Yitzchak. And this is the bracha which was promised Yaakov when. He had the vision of the ladder and Hashem tells him You will spread out, you will increase in every direction. As Rashi explains over here, that was the bracha that Yaakov now gave Yosef. But there was a second bracha that Hashem gives him also. And that is prayer be fruitful and multiply. And that bracha is also given to Yosef. The bracha of fertility that you should have many children. And lastly, the bracha that kahal goyim. you should have a, a group of a community of goyim. That's the bracha that Yaakov gave to Yosef when he gave Yosef a portion of Benasha and Ephraim. That's two different shvatim would emerge from Yosef. So those are the brachas that Yaakov gave Yosef. The bracha that Yaakov gives Binyamin, well Yaakov saw that in the bracha that Hashem gave him when he returned from Eretz Israel. when he returned to Eretz Israel, and he, the last time he received the bracha, when he had now come back from Laban's house, with his four wives, with his family, and Hashem tells him. Kings will still come forth from you. And on that, Yaakov understood he was yet to have another son, Binyamin, who hadn't yet been born, and that this bracha, or the kings which would come forth from him, would be fulfilled in Binyamin. And therefore, Yaakov's bracha to Binyamin is Baboika Yechalad. At the beginning, at the dawn, so to speak, of the period of Jewish monarchy, Binyamin would merit the kingship first. As Rashi tells us, that refers to King Shaul, the first anointed Jewish king. And at the evening, so to speak, at the closure of the period of the Jewish monarchy, so he'll be the one to apportion the spoils. And once again, the Jewish ascendancy to power, which had already fallen after the korban, its last, uh, so to speak personage who had that connection to the kingship was Mordechai, even though he was the Mishnah Le-Malik, he was only the second to the king but that was the fulfillment of the prophecy Yaakov got the bracha that kings will come forth from you so that's the bracha he gives Binyamin. the bracha that Yaakov gives to Shavit Yehuda is also Mufurish in the words Yaakov was given the bracha, the sons of your mother shall bow down to you. Because his father Yisrael only had one wife. And Yaakov uses the same words when he blesses Yehuda. All the sons of your father will bow down to you. And he goes on to explain. Because Yehuda, you're going to to have the rulership. The kingship will come from your shavats. And therefore all the other shavats will accept you as a king. The second bracha gives Yehuda, Yaakov had been promised, Rav Dogon a lot of wine. And that bracha of an abundance of wine, he gives to Yehuda as well. He'll wash his clothing with wine. His eyes will be written from wine. And therefore those are the two brachas, the rulership, and the robe Tirush, the abundance of wine, is what Yaakov gives to Yehuda. Now the passage started, Hashem gave him the Talah Shemaim and the Auret. What's the bracha of the Talah Shemaim? So Rashi tells us in the Vezesah bracha that the Talah Shemaim is what causes the fruit to ripen more quickly. And this bracha, that the fruit should ripen more quickly, was the bracha that Yaakov gives to Naphtali. Naftali Ayod HaShlucho, Chazal tell us that his land was the fastest to ripen its fruit. And the second part of the bracha, the fat of the land, was the bracha that he gave to Osher. May Osher no Lachma, that Osher should have the fatness of its bread. The second pasuk, which talks about, Ya Amim. The two aspects here of brachas which refer to outside nations, foreign countries, who will, so to speak, be subservient to the Jewish people. This was different to the bracha of Yehuda, that the Jewish people themselves would accept his rulership. Here it's talking about foreigners. And these two brachas, We see our two shvatim, that Yaakov blesses with superiority over foreign enemies. The one is the Shavit of God, that he will be successful in battle and return victor, in return victorious. And that will subjugate other nations. And the other one is the Brahkat to Don. Don will be able to, so to speak, fight and Cause the downfall of his opponents like Yaakov graphically describes it as biting the horse's hoof and shall cause the rider to fall and that's the yishtakabu lukhala that the nations will so to speak uh, bow down in front of him not because they accept him as a king but in subjugation so Having seen now the brachas, let's take an analysis of where we're holding. We'll go through the brachas that Yaakov received. The Jew which causes the fruit to ripen more quickly, he gave to Naphtali. The fatness of the land, he gave to Asher. The Dagon, an abundance of grain. Well, we haven't yet seen where Yaakov gave that. But we see in Moshe's Bracha, which was really an elaboration of Yaakov's brachas, and was given to Yosef. Yaakov is Miramis, does this as well, when he talks about the Bracha of Yosef. But you may Moshe's is much more And may get to a and may a kadem, land in its fullness was given to Yosef, that's the dogon, the grain, the tirosh, and the wine, which was given to Yehuda. Ya'avducha amim, mishtachavu lakhala umim, was given to the brachas to God and to Don. Victory, superiority over the game. Now we come to one more. Hevei givir lakhekha, you should be the eldest of your brothers. This was meant to be the bracha which was going to be given to Ravein. As Yaakov tells him, but he lost it because of a certain mida, his impetuousness, and therefore the bracha wasn't given to him. Your brothers will bow down to you as you'll be the elected king of the Shvatim of Klai Yisrael that was given to Yehuda. And the last point, the last point Yaakov had the ability to give a curse and he used that to curse Shimon and Levi's anger that the anger should be cursed. And the second bracha that Yaakov got, prayer of A, you should be fruitful and multiply, and become a kahal, a congregation of nations, that was the bracha he gave to Yosef. And the last bracha he got, that's, kings should come forth from you, is the bracha he gave to Binyamin. And if that's the case, we find the two shvatim, we haven't seen where Yaakov received the bracha that he gave them. One is shevet and the other one is shevet yisachar. Yaakov's bracha to zvulun is that he should sail the seas, engage in commerce with other nations, foreign countries. And Yaakov's bracha to Yisachar, which in itself needs explanation, it seems a bit contradictory. He compares Yisachar to a donkey who carries the burdens. He says he sees Menuhi is good and the land is pleasant and therefore he inclines his shoulder to so to, speak, to bear the yoke. What are these referring to? Where were these brachas given to Yaakov? So if we look carefully at the Pesukim, there was one more bracha given to Yaakov also. Yitzchak, the second time you gave a bracha to Yaakov, He will give you the bracha of Avram. What was the bracha of Avram? It's referred to as Rashi tells us. Let's look at it inside. The bracha of Avram, which Yitzchak had himself received, so to speak, as the Yerush, as one who inherited it from Avram, transmitted this bracha to Yaakov. What was the bracha of Avram? Hashem tells us at the beginning of Lech Lecha. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. And you will be a blessing. You will be a Bracha. And then the next pasuk. Through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. So we see two more elements over here that Abraham had been blessed with. You yourself will be a source of bracha, heyei bracha, and also through you all the nations in the world will be blessed. This bracha in turn came to Yitzchok and was afterwards given to Yaakov. Now, in what way will all the nations of the world be blessed through Claudius Claudius was really an insular society. They were self-sufficient. They cultivated their own produce. What contact did they need to have with other nations of the world? And therefore, in what way would other nations be blessed through them? This was Yaakov's bracha to Zvurun. Zvurun was going to be the nation who would interact with foreigners. Who would deal with trade internationally. Would sail the seas. And bring foreign merchants to Eretz Yisrael. And what would happen when these foreign merchants came to Eretz Yisrael? So once again, Moshe Rabbeinu elaborates on the bracha of zvulon, and he says, "Smach You should be rejoiced. you should be happy when you go out, because amim har yekro, The nations will call the mountain where they will bring offerings of righteousness. Rashi explains, on the Apostle on which we just quoted, that because of the, inter, the business dealings which the foreign countries had with Zvulun, so the merchants of the nations would come to Israel, so to speak, on a business trip. And they said, so once you've already come the whole journey, so, Israel, let's go to Yerushalayim and see the belief, the so to speak, the service of Hashem that Klai Yisrael engages in. And they would watch the Korbanists and they would watch how the Yisrael united around our Beit HaMikdash. And they were so overawed, so inspired by that, that Har Yekko, they were called to, they would so we congregate by the Haramaria Maria, by the Beit HaMikdash. There they would convert and bring offerings of righteousness. We you know a Ger has to bring a carbon. And therefore they, they would, so to speak, become closer to Hashem by having been brought over to Israel and being exposed to the grandeur of the Vedas Hashem of Kla Yisrael. And this was how Yaakov interpreted the Nivrochu Bechoa Kolmish Bechoa Through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. Through you, the nations of the world will be brought to Israel, will be inspired by Avodah Hashem, and they'll be blessed because they'll also become participants and convert to become part of Klai Yisrael. And therefore, Zulim's bracha of being the Shevet who would be the foreign ambassadors of Klai Yisrael, the ones who would Travel overseas and in return bring foreign, so to speak, business people to Harris Israel in trade would really be the way that the bracha, so to speak, reached those people as well. And that leaves us with the bracha of Yisrael. Why is Yisachah compared to a donkey? So we know there's a pasuk. There's two animals which are used in the farming industry. The one is a donkey, the other one is an ox. What is the function of each one? The function of the ox is to pull the plow. It's hard work. He has to break up the ground after planting the seeds to cover them with soil. And the Passover even says, The amount of the grain which is produced is through the efforts, through the, so to speak, the work, the strength of the ox. The ox is used in the planting, the ox is used in the, in the original stage of creating the furrows. And that is the beginning of the planting process. That's not the job of the donkey. The job of the donkey is when the tver is fully ripened and has been picked and made into bundles, so then it's the donkey's job to carry, so to speak, all the tver back into the town. He is used as the beast of burden, He's used, so to speak, to transport the finished crops back to town. Now why is Yusachar compared to a donkey? So let's look at the continuation of the pasuk and the pasuk carries on bayar minukha kitav basa'aret kinu'emo he saw Menucha was good and the land was pleasant what does that mean so there can be two kinds of land a person can be involved in producing wheat which is back-breaking work. Every year, the, la- the land first has to be out, planted, weeded. Like the Apostle says, It's with hard work and with sweat that a person manages to eat bread. Or, a person can be involved in farming fruit. And if that's the case, there's no work for him to do. The trees already exist. To a large part, they could even have their own access to water. And all that's there for the person to do is to come and to pick the fruit. That's the land of Yisachar. He was given a land which was pleasant and therefore gave him a Gave an the ability to rest from the active work of having to plant and plow and cultivate, so to speak, the grain. And that's why it's compared to the donkey. The donkey's job was just to bring the finished produce back into town. And similarly, Yisachar's nachalo produced fruit which left him free. So to speak, all he needed to do was to harvest the fruit and bring it into town. And why was Yisachar given this? Na'achar was given this bracha. Because as all the Mephoshim point out, Yisachar was the Shevet, was the tribe who committed themselves to learning Torah. And if that's the case, if a person is makabel of old Torah, then Al-Kadosh Baruch Hu takes care of them. And this is a tremendous difference you see in the Shvatim. There was another Shevet also which dedicated itself to Avodos Hashem, as you know, Shevet Levi. But the way Hashem dealt with Levi is that Levi wasn't given a nachelot. Levi wasn't given produce. Levi wasn't given land to cultivate. Rather, Levi Levi was meant to dedicate all their efforts to the Avodos Hashem, the mikdash, and the other shvatim were instructed to take care of them. To separate a tenth of their projects as Rishon to separate the trim and the trims Maser to give them the register Segeis, to give them all the other Matan-Skoholah. The other Shvatim would so to speak provide for Levi and therefore Levi was free to occupy themselves with the way of Hashem. And therefore Levi wasn't given the Nakhla because the Nakhla would only distract them from their preoccupation with doing what Hashem wanted. And now that's the situation of Shavit Levi. Did we ever stop to think? What about Shevet Yisachar? Shevet Yisachar were also a tribe which was meant to dedicate themselves to Nimr Torah, to learning Torah. Why were Yisachar given the Akhila? Why were Yisachar given the Nakhila? And the answer is Yisachar were given the Nakhila. That's why they didn't need to rely on the other Shwatim. But they were given the they were given a nakhala where they didn't have to expend the time to grow it and to plant it. And so to speak, was an income which came to them. They just needed to collect the fruit. They just needed to be able to receive the bracha. And therefore, because they were free of the preoccupation, so to speak, with tilling the soil and producing the fruit... They were, able, they were able to commit themselves, dedicate themselves to the Torah. And in a way, this was different. Klar Yisrael supported Shevet Levi because that way, all of Klar Yisrael, by extension, had a, khaylek, had a part in the Hashem that Shevet Levi was doing. But when it came to Shevet Yisachar, the promise that somebody who is learning Torah, HaKadosh Baruch removes from them, so to speak, all financial considerations was Hashem gave them a a nachelah which was able to so to speak produce on its own and that way Yifsocha could dedicate themselves to the military. this is the Kiyum of the bracha Hashem gave to the v'hiyai bracha you will be a bracha you will be a source of bracha not something specific that like we saw that Yaakov gave the other shvatim, but the fact that the bracha will be there for you. What's the source of that bracha? I mean, now, that's the Torah. When there's a connection to Torah, then that person becomes the source of bracha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives them everything they need. They say a similar thing on Moshe Rabbeinu's bracha to Yisachar. Which needs explanation. Moshe Revena tells Yisach, Zvodan, S'mach Zvodan bitseisecho, V'Yisachar boya Yisachar in your tents. And then the continuation, which the passage we brought before. Amim har yukro. The nations will come to the base. basin. That goes back to talking about Zvodan. So what was the bracha that Moshe gave Yisachar? Yisachar in your tents. And what's the bracha? And the answer is, that's the bracha. When a person is dedicated to learning Torah, then he has the source of bracha. And if that's the case, Moshe doesn't need to specify more than that. He doesn't need an elaboration, or even maybe, let's say, a definition of one type of bracha. When a person is learning Torah, then he has the source of all the brachas that there are. As the famous araheim says in Pashat Nitzavim, The Torah... Is a koydel It includes within it all the brachas in the world. He'yeh bracha. Hashem told Avram, "You will be a bracha." And that was the bracha of Yisachar. And the samat. We see Yaakov's choice of brachas wasn't random. It was the division of Yaakov's spiritual yerusha, the brachas he had been given, and as the as one of the avos. Within one person, all these brachas took effect. Now that Yaakov had to apportion them to 12 different shvatim, it was giving out, so to speak, it was a division of his assets. It was the brachas and the spiritual kohas that Yaakov himself had been endowed with that he was now transmitting to his sons. And the principle is that therefore the kohas that each shaveth got defined its mission. Gave them a certain spiritual energy and strength to makayim that chilek of the overall tafir of Yisra.